We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I just like the sound. Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. If you guys listened a couple weeks ago, or if you guys are a member of the Patreon, you have already heard this with our girl Minty Betts from Wager Talk. She was on for the divisional round. Um, are you still suffering with the Saints, or has that kind of cleared away? It's subsided. I had prepared the whole season that they weren't going to make it, so I am okay. As long as people don't constantly bring it up or show any clips of anything, <laughs> then I'm good. I'm sure if you've lived through the no pass interference call, I think you could live through anything. Um, True. Because that, that was pretty rough. And they've only replayed it about 123,000 times. So yeah. there's that. Yeah. So Minty Betts is back. Um, we're recording this after we did our divisional round. And you guys know from the show, I kind of like it's it's the wrestling fan in me, Minty. I love storytelling. I love mm-hmm. I think everyone has a story. And like I mentioned before, how I'm always fascinated by women in sports media, in particular, sports betting media. And I loved how you described yourself as a sports betting uh, influencer kind of thing, right? Because like a sports betting social media personality, which I made up. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, I think that's perfect. That's exactly how I would describe you, honestly. And I think that's that's super cool because that's how you came to my attention. I saw you pop up on, you were doing like the selfie videos of you just giving out your picks. And 
and you just stood out and no, no problem. And I think one of the reasons why is because sports betting is such a, it's a, there's a machismo to it. And it's such a, like every movie you've seen, right. It's the typical dude in like the cowboy hats going up to the sports book or like he's in those <laughs> like shady bodegas where he's placing these like illegal bets and whatnot. And it's always like spearheaded and surrounded by men. Right. So when a woman stands out, it's like super dope. And I know you work with Kelly in Vegas too, right? Yes, she is amazing. Kelly in Vegas is awesome to work with. Very, very cool. She's also like a pioneer, I feel like, too. In uh... Yeah, she's definitely a trailblazer. I think one of the first women, of, I don't know. Yeah, one of the first women to get into the sports betting industry and, and be featured on all these shows and actually be uh, recognized and respected at the same time, too. So how did how did you get into sports betting? Because I'm always fascinated by it. Was it like, was it a, a family member? Was it your, your your mom, your dad? How was it? What what got you into sports betting? Because I, I think that's always like, everyone always has a unique story when it comes to that. I agree. Um, so I was born and raised in Vegas, and I still live here. I've never lived anywhere else except for Las Vegas. Um, my parents worked in the casino, and my dad would come home from work every day with a new ticket and a new team to cheer for every night, whether it was whatever, the Celtics or the Patriots or whoever. And I'm like, this is so confusing. And, you know, I saw his ticket, and I'm like, wow, you can put $20 down to win $200? That is amazing. And that's when I knew I, I wanted to try my hand when I turned 21 in sports betting because that was the form of gambling that seemed just the most exciting compared to blackjack or poker or maybe roulette. Um, I was more into sports and, and watching sports makes me think of, um, you know, just times with my dad when I would watch sports with my dad. Uh, he's still alive, but he just doesn't live here anymore. So I don't know. I think I just think of home when I, when I get to watch football games and, you know, stuff like that. We definitely have a lot in common because yeah. I've told this story before where, I was about seven or eight years old. I wasn't even a big football fan until I got into high school. Like I was a, I was a Giants fan, and I kind of would say, you know, because I'm from New York, right? Yeah. And um, everyone in my family is a Giants fan and whatnot. Where I really made the mistake is I'm a Met fan, and my entire family's Yankee fans. Oh no, Yankees fans are the worst. I don't know. I feel like New York based teams, whether it's basketball, baseball, hockey, they're very loud and very like. I don't know, just uh, in your face <laughs> about it. Is that true? Uh, yes and no. You know what I think the, the the wrong stereotype about New Yorkers is that we're loud and we're always in your face. <laughs> you know what it really is, Minty? We're just in a rush. And we're always like, all right, man, come on, hurry up. Like, like, like get this game over with. Yeah, or, you know, c come on. What, what do you go up the escalator already kind of thing? Because <laughs> the city is so quick, quick pace. It's so fast. The city that never sleeps. Uh, I work. I work as I have, I'm a food vendor in the city, so I'm I'm in Manhattan at 4 a.m. every morning, and like there's people walking around and whatnot. And like Times Square, you yep. can never you never have any idea what time it is of the day when you go there because it's so bright and whatnot. But oh, that's crazy. I've never been to New York, and I that is one of the city the major cities here in the states that I've been wanting to go to, but still haven't. I've visited Boston, and I don't know if you like Boston or not, being from New York, but it is a beautiful city, and I'm going again in April, but New York still, like, it's such a small uh, state in general, but also the city seems so big, and I just don't know where to visit, and everything, like you said, just seems like everyone's in a hurry, and there's just so much to see, and I don't know, it seems confusing and intimidating at the same time, New York City. 
So I would say you dropped the ball on coming to New York at the right time. And what I mean by that is I tell everyone like you who's never been to New York to Mm -hmm. come for the holidays because it's beautiful. (laughs) Everything is everything is on like PEDs in New York City when it comes to the holidays, (laughs) like the lighting, the tree, um, just just everything. It's it's a very fun time. And then New Year's Eve is a whole. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you're not going to enjoy this part being that you born and raised in the desert for the most part. Uh, it's really, really cold in New York this time of year. I've heard, but also in the summer I hear it's disgusting. Yeah. Maybe fall or spring. Is that a better time? I would say like the April to Memorial Day weekend in May is like ideal. And then September, October, like me personally, I like going to giant games September, October, because then after that, it's like, you know, I love the Giants, but the TV product is so damn good and watching it at home and in the comfort of my own place. Billy uh, out. Yeah. 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 So I um, I would definitely recommend if you were to come here for when you're coming for Boston, if you had time to go to New York, that's a good time because April is nice because, you know, the humidity. But like I said, you you're in 100 degree weather all the time for the most part. So, yeah, but it's dry. Heat. Right. Yeah, I but, but humidity is so different. Right. So uh, I got into sports betting, like I was saying. I was about seven or eight years old. Never was into football, really. Kind of right. just knew. And, you know, we would do the football parties and, you know, Super Bowls and whatnot. And mm-hmm. my uncle used to go to Delaware because um, his – well, my aunt now. But at the time, his girlfriend was from Delaware. And they would go out there every weekend. And he would get these parlay tickets. and. Uh-huh came back he gave me a parlay ticket he's like hey buddy pick some games i oh, had yeah. no idea apparently i turned 20 dollars into like 500 and he came oh, back he came back and he gave me like 20 bucks and he was like good job and i was like oh, oh. <laughs> i was like okay this is easy spoiler yeah. it's not easy so no. ever since then i was just always fascinated and as i got older i was like well what's this thing with the point spread and why was it created? And it just, it was just like sports betters. I, I know I'm going to, you know, talk ourselves up a bit cause we're both into sports betting, but I feel like in a way we do know a little bit more than the average sports fan because of that perspective. Oh yes, I totally agree. Anyone who is into sports betting, anyone who likes to analyze the games and, and look at the numbers and the stats and the trends do have one up against, you know, those who are just sports fans. Because, you know, of course, sports fans are like, we want the Giants to win. The Giants are going to win today, tomorrow, forever. But we know as sports bettors, we can't bet on our team a lot of the times. Nah, yeah, for sure. Are, are you someone that likes to bet on their team, though? Because... No. But it... this year, I mean, it's been looking good. So I, I have broken my own rule of betting on my own team, covering the spread. Um, but it is my role to bet, you know, never, ever touch the games that my team is playing. Yeah, because I feel like you could do it one of two ways, right? Where you can bet on your team to win, and if they win, it's like double the reward, right? Like, oh, I'm excited that they won, and here's some money for it. Or I know some people that always bet against their team in the event that their team loses. They make some money off of it. I can never do that. Yeah, same. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I just can't do that. Like, I would be miserable if my team lost like if the Giants were to go to the Super Bowl and I made money off them losing I'd be miserable like 
Yeah, you win money, but it's a miserable feeling and it sucks and you can't shake it off. <laughs> yeah, and all your friends just trolling you for the next six to eight months is it's like, yeah, well, I want a hundred bucks though, but you know, it's the memory of it will definitely last yeah, longer. Exactly. But you know what, Nick, uh, what you were saying earlier about how um, you were given a parlay card and, and you won some money for your uncle and your parents and stuff. It's like, that's exactly what happened to me too. I was never really into football until about high school. And um, you know, cause the boys were into football. So I was into football. Right. And um, so, yeah, that's exactly ha what happened to me too. I won some money and I was like, this is so fun and it is so easy um, so that's how I got into it too. That's funny. Did, did you, were you always, um, the girl that was into sports kind of person? Ugh, no, no way. I hated sports. I did not like, I'm, I know I look thin if anyone sees pictures of me and I am a thin person, but I'm not physically active at all. I'm just very blessed with a great metabolism. So playing sports is just horrible to me. I can throw a nice football though. Um, but, or throw like a baseball for my dog, but that's about it. Uh, I hate people like you that just can't, <laughs> you're probably one of those people that can eat whatever they want. And like, there's no, yeah, like hot Cheetos and pizza for breakfast and like pancakes at night or something. Yeah. That's me. Oh my God. I go <laughs> one. You're not, you're not big. Are you like <laughs> overweight? No, no. But I've, I've lost like 50 pounds in the last four years. And oh, okay. My my body always will like fluctuate. Like there'd be years where, and no one ever knew that because like, there. I guess they would catch me at the right time when that wasn't the case. But, um, you know, if I go if I go one week without working out and you were to see me, you'd be like, oh Nick, uh, taking off from the gym. But then if you were to see if you were to see me for one week, you'd be like, oh oh you look nice. You're you're active and whatnot. So like that's just how my body is. And I guess it's a gift and a curse because like you know uh, I'm I'm. Well, at the time we're recording this, I'm leaving for Miami next weekend. But oh it's like, you know, if I buckle down and go hard for seven days, it's like I can actually see some kind of results. Like I'm not going to have a, a Zac Efron six pack. Don't get me wrong, but like it, it'll be it'll be fine. Um, I got to ask you something. You is it intimidating? Do you find yourself not a threat to guys, but like. Are guys a little intimidated by you because of your knowledge of sports betting? Because they might see you as like, oh, I'm a guy and I know more than a girl does, which is just not the case. Like, I know girls that could just clown me when it comes to sports, right? <laughs> because the I reason why I ask that is because I've I just started taking jujitsu classes with my buddy Sergio and Sergio okay. da Silva. He's a, a Brazilian jujitsu black belt. He's fought in Bellator. He's fought wow. on the regional scene. And... You know, I've gotten to meet a lot of UFC fighters through him and my buddy Jared Gordon, who fights in the UFC. And like, I've I've talked with some of the women, and like, they have trouble interacting with guys because they're intimidated by them because they're just savages and ass kickers. So like, yeah. have have you ever had that difficulty, or like, you just know a guy is like super awkward about it because of like what you do? No, you know what? I'm typically like a pretty quiet person outside mm -hmm. of, you know, Twitter and wager talk. And um, although people like will know what I do, they still message me and talk to me in person and are like, hey, I would take this team uh, for the points if I were you. It's a lock of the day. I mean, you know, they still think that they know more than me. Um, I don't think anyone is intimidated, but a lot of the time people think that 
someone is feeding me information like that I don't know what I'm talking about and I'm scripted but I mean I do all this research and I spend so much time and you know it sucks to be discredited because you're a young woman who knows about football and baseball and and all this stuff and you know it does suck but not for the most part no one has ever like felt threatened Um, a lot of my friends will ask me for information like hey what do you think about this game today so that's really awesome that they're supportive but no it's it's usually you know, douchebag guys that are like, oh, you, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. Someone is telling you to take this team or bet on this team. You don't even bet. So that's, that sucks. I I have to be honest with you and to everyone that listens to the show, they know how transparent I am and I like to be authentic. I think that's one thing that like separates from me. Mm-hmm. I, I used to be one of those douchebags that like, oh, you hit like a girl kind of dude, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And then it wasn't until one day my mom, who is, you know, my number one draft pick when it comes to women in my life, she okay. goes, you need to realize if you ever are inappropriate to a woman or you're ever uh, mean or kind hearted to one. Think of it as if it was happening to me. How would you feel? Exactly. Oh, my gosh. I, like, think about that all the time. I don't often get nasty messages on Twitter, but when I do, I'm just thinking, like, did your mom say that it was okay to talk like this? Is your mom monitoring what you're saying on Twitter? Because that is so inappropriate and so rude. Like, the other day, well, not the other day, like, a couple months ago, this guy messages me on Twitter, and I try to message everybody back. It takes a little while, but I I message everyone back. And this guy, he messages me, and he's like, hey, Minty, I'm a fan of your work. I'm moving to Las Vegas pretty soon. What's a good area that I look for houses? And I told him, we talked back and forth, like, oh, this area is great. You'll have to try this restaurant and stuff like that. And then he messages me every day about, like, his locks of the day. And, you know, I don't tail picks. Like, people message me the free picks all the time, and I don't tail them. Because I want to do this on my own. And even if I get it wrong, I want to learn from that mistake. Um, and this guy, you know, I, I messaged this guy after like 10 pics he sent me. And I was like, hey, you don't have to do this anymore. I'm not going to tell you. And he was like, okay, well, I went nine and one. So mm. why aren't you telling me? And I was like, I just want to learn for myself. And so I, I hope you can respect that. I spent a lot of time researching. And he was like, oh, that's right. I forgot that you had to go back and, and have, you know, your, you know, some sugar daddy pay you and, and script your, your lines for you and stuff like that. And he's being like so rude and so off topic because I didn't want to tail his pics. And I was like, that is so weird. And I blocked him immediately. And I was like, that's ridiculous. Why would you say anything like that? Because I don't want to tail your pics. That's, that's stupid. Yeah, he probably also wanted to take you to dinner, and you probably weren't feeling that, too. So he felt some way and does what every guy does, where when they get denied, it's like, oh, I wasn't even interested in you anyway. Yeah, ugly you know, way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the one thing that I like to do whenever I get trolled, um, you know, like, oh, nice pick, asshole. And it's like, well, thanks for listening. And I just, like, yeah. can't tweet it, you know, which is really cool. And that always, like, hits them a different way. Um, yeah. that's just part of it, you know, and, and, and I, I want to ask you, how, how do you deal with trolls? Because man, social media is super duper dope. I'm, I'm of the believer that I think it's awesome if it's utilized correctly, obviously. But like, for example, like us two connected, we probably never would have crossed paths. And mm-hmm. now we've connected, we've done two shows together and it's just like you, you network with different people and whatnot, but there's also like a bad side to it. So how do you deal with someone uh, of your stature and you're a pretty woman on social media and like you're out there and you do all this, like you said, you're a social media influencer person, right? How do you yeah. deal with the trolling? Because I'm sure you've dealt with it. 
Oh my gosh, so many. Yeah, like when I post my pics for the day, especially video pics, people tend to comment on them more and they're like, ah, L, you know, like loser. Um, but these are people that don't have their profile pictures. It's just like an anonymous gray. You it's know, an person. egg, right? It's the egg. Yeah, and it's just like Greg 246777, you know, like it's random. It's not even their real name. And I don't typically respond to those people. Um, but if I do, it's something funny. And if I don't, then I usually block them or mute them. I just feel like they want to get a rise out of me. So I shouldn't respond back at all. And I should just block them. And it's really hard, I think, for people to do on the gambling Twitter community, because you want to tell these people off and you want to make them look stupid. But at the same time, you're thinking, am I the one that looks stupid for giving this person my time? So I typically just ignore it all. And a lot of the time when I find these people commenting weird crap on my um, timeline, they are following me and it's like you're following me and viewing my videos you're giving me this engagement so why would you comment negatively about that it's just weird people are so off yeah they they just they just want the attention and i think i i think nowadays what i've noticed the negativity always stands out you know like i feel like sometimes when someone bashes a pick of yours that stands out more than you getting praise for it just because it yeah. just, it just hits a different spot for you. Yeah. You know, um, I like to, uh, you know, the weirdest thing is, is I started streaming on Twitch about, uh, about two years ago and there it's like a completely different community. Are you familiar yeah. with Twitch? I am. I know it's like just for gaming. Right. But I've never been on it. Yeah. It's like, so it, it's a, uh, it's a social media. Uh, yeah. I would say it's a social media app platform uh originally created for gamers but now it's like there's cooking shows oh really um, yeah the nfl was broadcasting thursday night football on there and they had some what yeah i did not that's amazing i know people that um well used to they would game on there and stream and people would pay them and i know people can make money and then you know women attractive women can game on there and then make a lot of money off of it so that's all i knew it was for but i didn't know there was so much variety to it now oh yeah it's it, it's super cool and if you have like i was able to i caught the uh i love playing video games and i caught like the Fortnite craze so i started streaming on my xbox on twitch and my fans from the show started becoming my twitch supporters and you get to like it's the big appeal to it is that it's live right and if say for example you were to stream Right. You're streaming, whatever you're playing, catch or your dogs or whatever thing you do. Or or even if you go on there and you give picks. Right. And I'm a fan of yours. It's like, hey, Minty, uh, here's a five dollar donation. I love your work, whatever. And like I would get certain perks. I get emojis. If I'm a subscriber to your page, I get little uh, icons and whatnot. And then eventually, like over time, like you see, you're like, oh, hey, Nick, what's going on? How was your weekend? And it's like, yeah. It's, they know you. They know you. You know them in a way, which is weird because like some of my Twitch supporters now have become people that work behind the scenes on my show, but uh, I've never met them. You know, like I I built this relationship and we follow each other on social media and whatnot. And, and look, there is some downside to that, but the reason why I'm even bringing up this whole Twitch thing is because I think a lot of times people just don't know you. And when they get to know you, they get a newfound respect for you because this one kid uh, used to always write like negative comments on the YouTube videos and just like negative tweets all the time. And then he joined my Twitch stream one time and 
like his name kind of just jumped out and you know i'm very like blunt and honest and i was like oh it's the heel heel in wrestling is like the bad guy i was like oh what's up dickhead you know like just kind of just like messing around with him like that and then now he like you know he's bought like five different hats and he's Aww. donated a bunch and like he he's done a complete 180 on and i don't know if he was doing that to troll I don't know if he was doing that to like stand out, which he did. Uh -huh. You know, obviously we're we're spending four minutes on him, but yeah. I I just also think that nowadays people think they know you because you're in the public eye and like you're you're a public figure. You're on Wager Talk. You're doing all this content on social media. You have thousands of followers, and like uh -huh. you're you have an outlet. So, do you think there's any truth to that where people think they know you but they really don't? And if they were to know you, they'd feel different. 1000% yes. And like, I guarantee if people meet me in person, they would not say the things, the negative things that they would say online to my face, because I am such a nice person. It takes a lot for me to get mad. And this has happened one time, similar situation to you, Nick, where this guy, he trolled me on Twitter for a really long time. He was like, show me your bet slips. How much are you betting? I don't believe you're doing this. Uh, you're a fraud. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm getting my picks for free. And if they lose, they lose. But I used to post my bet slips. But then I realized that it was just stupid and a waste of my time. And then I met him in person without even knowing because his name was very unique. And I'm not going to mention his name. And I met him in person and he was so nice to me. He's like, Hey Minty, I really appreciate your work. I follow you on Twitter. This is my username. And like, it didn't click to me at that time. But after he had left, I was like, wait a minute, that's the guy that has been trolling me. And this was like way back when I had like 5,000 followers. And so I was like, that is so weird. Well, like, why is he so mean to me on Twitter? But then in real life, he was nice. And then after that, he never trolled me again. So that it's just so weird how when people get to meet you or see a different side of you, they just like kind of change their mind about you. Yeah, that's, you know, and I mean, look, it, it's hard to meet everyone that you interact with on social media, obviously. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I do think that things change when you do meet someone. I, I mm -hmm. let, let me ask you, I'm a big I'm a big UFC fan. Are you into the UFC? I am not. The only mm -hmm. UFC fight you is John Bones Jones. Mm -hmm. and I think I don't know if he's fighting anymore or not, but I know he's been pretty controversial when he was. Um, but I'm not. Why do you ask? No, because I'm I, one of like my. So I have I have a bunch of uh, like bucket list things that involve Vegas, which goes <laughs> to tell you how I have issues mentally. For uh, a lot of it stems around like sports betting, but um, uh, I've always wanted to attend. <laughs> a big fight weekend in Vegas. Um, uh -huh. Just because like, I have a friend of mine, he works over at the, he works over at Encore and you know, he does like the pool party stuff. He's a promoter and he's like, dude, right. it's just a different vibe. Like there's just that weird feeling in the air that you get when, and he's from New York. So he's like, it's uh -huh. one of those weird feelings that you get when like the Yankees are in the playoffs and it's a like game five two two mm -hmm. series against Boston. Right. Or it's, you know, it's uh, it's Super Bowl week and the Giants are playing the Patriots kind of thing. And it's like, mm -hmm. you can't describe it unless you felt it. I, right. Okay. How, Nick, let me ask you, have you been to Las Vegas before? Uh, I've been to Vegas, I think, seven times. 
seven times. What? Okay. And yeah. then what did you do when you were in Vegas? Were it was it with family or was it with friends? Like what did you do? My friends and I have been going out there every year since 2014. Uh, wow. 2019 we didn't go because we're at the age now, I guess, where people are getting married and yeah. um like I'm 28, I'm turning 29 in March and mm-hmm. I was in four weddings last year. And I was a groomsman in two of them. And it's Mm -hmm. a tremendous honor. And I had a great time. But it is not the kindest to your pockets. Um, Yeah. Especially when they're like destination weddings too. Right, right. Well, luckily there weren't any destination weddings. But it's like, you know, Mm -hmm. bachelor party in Miami. Bachelor party in Pennsylvania. Uh, True. This one needs a tux. (laughs) This one needs to rent a tux. This one needs a suit. And it's just like before. And then the wedding gift. I was like, oh my God, this is costing me like three, four thousand dollars a pop. Yeah. So we didn't get to go to Vegas, but um, I've stayed at the Luxor twice. I've stayed at the M- MGM. I love the Cosmo because I feel like it's 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 like a young crowd. No, is it that we're like? I used to work there. The Cosmo is the best, hands down, casino resort hotel, whatever, uh, on the Strip. In my opinion, it's unique in there. Like, yeah, right. all the casinos and the resorts are beautifully decorated. Their lobby, but Cosmo is. You're right. It is a young vibe, and it's like a young and classy vibe it's not like you know just punk kids just trying to hang out it's like a nice i don't know it's it's, it's a really nice crowd there and it's it's very um i want to say unique and eclectic yeah it's not like it's not ratchet you know like i don't yeah. know yeah you know it's it that, that's what I, I was like oh my god everyone's like nicely dressed and it's two yes. o'clock in the afternoon at the cosmo where like i stayed at the mgm and like people were just like in sweatpants and hoodies and whatnot and don't get me wrong i'm a big socks and slippers guy myself yeah. but yeah i think cosmo is is probably my favorite one that i stayed at the one that like blew my mind was encore and win when i went oh yes mm-hmm. oh man we went to we went to the encore pool party at night and what was funny oh was, yeah night oh i think that's my favorite like pool party venue that i've been to really yeah that's my favorite which one is yours <sighs> to be honest since i was you know, grew up around this and I clubbed every single day when I turned 21 and I've worked at these pool parties and stuff. I don't like any of them, but Encore and Win are the best ones. Um, it has the best looking people for sure. Um, and yeah, I think Encore and Win is a good one. Also, Cosmo has a great one too, Marquee. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of a couple others, but I'm really blanking. Here. Like, I feel like what, what Republic is the most. Um popular yeah, yeah but there you go i was gonna say basic but it's not basic but popular is like the one where like yeah, even my friends and i we always do when we go for the weekend we always do the saturday day party at, at yeah Republic. that's like a staple it, of ours yeah it's fun it's very like spring breaky and it doesn't have to be spring break you can go any weekend in the summer and it's like popping every weekend here comes the money here we go money talk Special, special shout out to the good folks over at Manscaped. Support for Veterans Minimum comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, baby. Listen, what a fantastic, fantastic play on words. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary, that's a bar, skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. I've had my fair share. If you've seen me, I am very, very hairy, folks. That comes from being a dirty, dirty lamb of Greek descent. 
and you don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls because that's just nasty and that's ratchet. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code VM at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job, your balls, and I will thank you later. That is manscaped.com at checkout. Use the promo code VM for 20% off and free shipping. We went to, we had bought tickets for our night pool party at Encore and Mm -hmm. I remember we get out of the cab and like you said, you know, it's, it's very upper echelon. Everyone's nicely dressed, very beautiful Mm -hmm. people. And, you know, going back to my socks and slippers, that's what I'm dressed (laughs) and my polo swim trunks and a tank top. And all my friends and I, we get out of the cabs and we walk up to the lobby. The guy holds the door for us and whatnot. And my one friend, Danny, goes, are we at the right fucking place? Because, <laughs> you know, we had to, like, walk through the casino and whatnot. And before you know, you're, like, in the middle of, you know, the craps tables and, and, yeah. and Baccarat and all that. And you're like, yo, there's no way this is a pool party. And then yeah. I just stopped one of the, like, the... Uh, not the hostess, like the waitress is there. I was like, hey, are we yeah. at the right place? She's like, yeah, sweetie, you just got to keep going there. And I was like, all right. And then eventually, yeah, so <laughs> after after a couple of turns, I'm like, oh, my God, people are in bathing suits. Like, we're, we're not yeah. completely out. It's so nerve-wracking because you're like, am I dressed right? Because this is a fancy place, and I'm, like, wearing flip-flops and stuff. But even the girls, they dress in, like, their best bikinis and, the, like, their prettiest cover-up and heels and stuff to go to a pool party. And I don't know, like, going there, it's so crowded. And, like, did you get in the water? Were you able to get in the water? Because I feel like every time I've been there, it's just so crowded in there. Like, you can't even walk around the pool. Uh, I've been in the water, and I regret it every time that I leave from there. Because when we first get there, like, look, I, I show up with a group of, like, 10 to 15 guys. So, for us, we always need to go a little bit earlier than we would like to because, right. I mean, it's like that anywhere, right? You can't show up to a club or a bar with five dudes let alone 15 Uh you know it's like oh not enough girls man you gotta go like i've i found myself sometimes i just go up to a group of girls i'm like hey listen i i don't mean to be creepy or anything can we just like walk in with you if that's okay like i kind of like happens all the time yeah (laughs) yeah because like it's it's and i understand it like i understand the club's motive and the and the promoters Mm -hmm. i i totally get it and i live it here in new york city when we try to go out but like we show up to the pool party and the pool is spotless, right? There's not like, yeah. it's like, oh my God, I could drink out of this water. And then you yeah. don't feel that way when you're leaving. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you go to the, you get up to go to the bathroom and then it's like packed all of a sudden and drinks are on the floor and people are on the floor and it just gets wild really fast too. So when you, you worked at the Cosmo, did you work at any other hotels or, or casinos? Um, you know what? I worked at the Cosmo and I worked at the Venetian at Tao nightclub for a little bit. And then, well, that was before, that was when I first turned um, of age, and then Cosmo. And then I worked downtown as my most recent thing. And have you been in downtown Las Vegas, Nick? I've never left the Strip. I know from Encore to the Luxor. Sorry, Mandalay Bay. That's like, that Strip, yeah. very, That's very basic. Strip to Strip, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, downtown Las Vegas is a very cool, very young place to be, and it is very funky. So the Strip is like luxe and and pretty and just like glamorous and everything that you think about Vegas on TV is there on the Strip. But if you go to downtown Las Vegas, there's a bunch of dive bars. There's a bunch of cool things to see. The Fremont Street experience. It's old Vegas meets 
hip Vegas. And it's really, really cool. Drink prices are, are more affordable. The clubs, there's not that many clubs, but there's a bunch of cool bars. And then the casinos, their table limits are a lot lower and the slots are looser, supposedly. Um, it's a very cool vibe, very cool place to hang out. And there's a bunch of street performers too. So I know that when you've been on the strip, if you walk it at night, you see a bunch of weirdos. Mm-hmm. Just think of that times 20 on in Fremont, uh, downtown Las Vegas. So that was the most recent place I worked was downtown. A much older crowd for the casinos. Um, so if you want a more chill atmosphere, definitely go downtown. But uh, the strip was definitely, hands down, the, the best place that I've ever worked money-wise and and you know, coworker wise and everything, the atmosphere was much better on the strip. What's like the craziest person you've seen at, at a place that you worked at? And what I mean by that is like celebrity athlete, uh, just, Oh my gosh, I've seen so many. Um, let's see. I get, I think the most famous person I've ever seen was Kevin Hart. And it was that night that he cheated on his baby mama. Oh, so uh, this was I like recent. Him. Yeah, I saw him with that girl uh, at the Cosmopolitan. He came up to me and he was like, hi, I, uh, I'm just going to go to the bar. He was super nice. He was with his crew. Very nice. I didn't do anything. I mean, because, you know, working in that industry, you can't be excited when you see celebrities. You have to be very cordial. He's really nice. Um, but yeah, that was maybe like two years ago or a year ago. I don't remember. And um, I've seen a bunch of celebrities, uh, athletes. I remember the entire outline, <clears throat> excuse me, of the Jacksonville Jaguars was like in front of me waiting for a table at the restaurant that I was working at. And they were really nice. And I shared an elevator with them and I felt like the smallest person. In the world. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're really nice. I really loved um, meeting a bunch of athletes and, and getting to, to talk with them. Very nice. A lot of male athletes are a lot nicer to females than they are males. And I've learned that, uh, from working there because they would be like a holes to this, to the male servers, but super, super nice to me. (laughs) So yeah, I've seen some crazy things though. Lots of crazy stories just working on the strip. People like go buck wild when they come to Vegas, like the moms from Minnesota just do not care about anything. They'll take their tops off and like go, you know, skinny dipping in the pool and stuff like that and do like 10 shots of tequila in a row. Those, those ladies are wild. Um, so it's really funny to see the visitors come to Vegas. It's, it's a sight. <laughs> is it, is it easy to identify who like, can, can you look at someone and say, all right, this is their first time in Vegas. Cause I'm always fascinated by that. Oh, yes. You can tell by the girls that wear like sashes that say like, oh, bride or something. Those are usually their first times in Vegas or like, you know, just turned 21 type of girls. Mm-hmm. Um, not I can't really tell if it's their first time, but you can tell that they're out of town for sure. And definitely it, it's don't call it like discriminatory. But by the way, people look and talk. I can definitely tell where they're from. And as a former server in the food industry, we have people from different areas of the country where we like to avoid because they tip horribly or we like to give extra service to because they tip really, really well. And uh, it sucks that we think that way, but it's typically true. So Hey, it's part of the game, though. I totally... It is part I, of the I, game. I totally... You, in the industry, I don't know if you, like, you know, get tips at the, the you know at where you work and uh, the place that you own. But uh, I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't know. You can kind of tell, I don't know. Do you, are you able to tell like the people that you see daily or is it more locals? No, I, so I see, uh, where I work now, 
um it used to be the world of Astoria used to be uh oh. probably the yeah that rings a bell right yes yes we have one here yeah so that was like the 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 biggest name big name hotel in New York City um mm-hmm. a lot of movies have been shot there a right. lot of um conventions just gatherings award ceremonies and whatnot oh. um famous pictures the whole nine right so i was i'm right across the street from there now it's been turned into a residential building but oh, it's it's boo. been yeah it's been under construction so in the past i've seen so many like athletes and celebrities myself i actually saw ken griffey jr walk by about two weeks oh ago my gosh, yeah he's my, yeah he's my favorite baseball player like of all time and i don't know i've i've kind of like I never get starstruck, right? But like, if I was to see Stone Cold Steve Austin as a big wrestling fan, <laughs> I'm probably gonna throw that out the window because I'll I'll pretend to be like a 13 year old girl at a Justin Bieber concert. Like I wouldn't yeah. be able to control my emotions. But I, oh I've got God. I've got to meet a lot of people, and, and the one thing that has always um, stood out to me from my interactions with them, and I have a friend of mine who. Uh, works with Ronda Rousey and I've gotten to meet her and she's Mm -hmm. I feel so bad for her for like some of the heat that she gets but she was like the sweetest person in the world to me and whatnot and um, he always would tell me he's like dude if you're just regular with them they appreciate it like if you just treat them like because their whole lives they live as like you know they're these celebrities and whatnot I'm not taking anything away from them but just the fact that everyone is at like their fingertips so when uh-huh. you just are like regular with them, they appreciate it more. And going back to what you said about like the tipping thing, I have I have certain customers that, you know, they'll get a $7 order and they'll always leave $10 and then they'll come back yeah. maybe, you know, on the rare occasion they'll come back they'll be like, "Oh, Nick, man, it's been a rough day at work. Let me get another coffee." It's like, "Dude, I don't want another dollar 50 for your coffee. Like get out of here. Like you always leave yeah. extra. Like I'm not going to You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's certain it's like the little things like that that go a long way. And yeah, I feel like that's something that, you know, in your industry, well, when you were in that industry where like, you know, oh, this person's coming, you know, they're a notoriously big tipper or a bad yeah. tipper. And it would kind of dictate how the night would go. Oh, totally. The good tippers would be like, hi, how's your daughter? How's your dog? You know? Yeah, <laughs> right, right. You're a little more personal with them. You're like, All right, I got to know a little. I need a 411 on this person. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's funny. I, I love working in the food industry, though. Um, money was great. People were great. It, it's a great job. I so love how did you how did you go from that into the, the sports betting thing? Was that did did you just stumble onto that, or was that something you always like were building towards? I've always towards? done it, and then uh, after the whole legalization, I was like, this is getting really big, and maybe I should find more ways to improve on on how I'm you know, sports gambling. And so I decided to start my Twitter and it was purely just for record keeping and to follow other handicappers and see how, you know, what resources they had and how they analyze the games. And uh, I followed a bunch of handicappers and have made, you know, a lot of friends along the way, a lot of Twitter friends. And uh, that's kind of how I got discovered, quote unquote, by Wager Talk and Kelly and, you know, and, and Yahoo and all this stuff. So it's been really, really great. Um, but yeah, it was completely a fluke that I had just started my Twitter just because uh, I just wanted to become a better better, especially in baseball. This is actually uh, why, because I, I didn't enjoy watching baseball, but it was on every single day. Mm-hmm. And it was the sport that I was the 
um, worst at in, in gambling. So uh, I wanted to bet it every day and, and control my money management and find out how I could get better. And I definitely improved and made money this season on baseball just from Twitter alone. So it was great. Oh, I I think that's like the most impressive thing that you've said so far. And I hope you don't take that as... As, no. uh, as an insult, because I hate be- betting on baseball. I don't know how really? you do it. Yeah, I just oh my like, God. I think it is it's... like the best. I-, I love betting on baseball now. Really? So like, yeah. how? Like, w- what is it? I... Because I think it's such a big sample size where I can't handicap the Thursday matinee. Really? Okay, so that, um, it really, I find that the advantage is knowing the pitchers and knowing how they do against their opponents and also first five innings like that is how you make money is first five innings because the bullpen will always screw you over it always screwed me over like i had teams that had the worst bullpens the nationals the braves the mariners were awful to me don't worry i'm Um, a met fan that's the story (laughs) of my life is an awful bullpen right right yeah they always mess it up so i suggest maybe trying just the first five innings um, but it was horrible. I mean, I lost a lot of money when I tried to bet on it, but I forced myself to do it every day so I could get the hang of it and, and understand, you know, um, more about betting it and what the advantages and disadvantages are and finding out the teams that worked for me the best as well. So that's how I did it. Wow, that's that's super impressive because I don't know many people that enjoy betting baseball or even <laughs> even do well. Like anytime I hear people, you know, like, I remember one time um, I heard uh, Steve Fezzik. Uh, Steve Fezzik is a, is a big professional sports better for those of you guys that might not know. He's won the Super Contest um, twice, which is like the biggest oh. handicapping football pool. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was saying how like the, the, the sports books make all their money back from the winter and the spring with baseball because people are just like, you're a degenerate, you know, and like yeah. you need your fix and – I don't know, I, man. That's super cool that you did well in baseball. Thanks. I, you know, it could have just been a fluke this season, this past season, because it was my first season just betting on every, you know, not every game, but every day. Um, and it could be totally opposite this season. And I did really, really well uh, because I put a futures in for the Washington Nationals to, oh, to make it series wow. and win the pennant. Yeah, but that honestly was just a feeling, and I just put some money in to win and I think the odds were like 20 to 1 at the time and I was like there's no freaking way because they they almost didn't make it they did, almost didn't win the pennant and so I when they won I was like holy crap I just won my first futures bet ever because I don't normally do futures bets oh I I love when I dude I can't even tell I love futures <laughs> bets like really? uh, yeah it's my favorite because you know it's also the big appeal to sports betters where like the casual sports better where it's like risk a little to win a lot and yeah. I had, like I mentioned before, I had, I made 15 future bets, Minty, uh-huh. and I only cashed in on two of them, but the payouts uh-huh. were so substantial that I broke even on them. I mean, I, I profited on them. You know, I had the yeah. Niners at, at seven to one to win the division and I uh-huh. bet Jameis Winston at 10 to one to lead the league in passing yards. Wow. Really? But, yeah. Yeah. And cause oh, you know, I, I think I have a little bit of an edge because of the daily fantasy and the fantasy input. Like, you know how like Tampa Bay loves to throw and you know, they were going to be a shitty team defensively this year and they were going to be playing 
a lot of games from behind and you know chris godwin was a guy who was popping up on everyone's like he was everyone's fantasy sleeper which i don't think people have sleepers anymore because there's just so much information you know and you know mike evans we know about mike evans and they love the tight ends and bruce arians whatever so it was just like a a a good play and i couldn't believe that he was 10 to 1 um right so yeah me about futures bets is like what if Jameis were to get hurt game two and then it's like over and then you have this bet that's like pending the whole time well for me it's my mobile account so it's pending throughout the whole season even though I know it lost so um I started to do more future bets with like team win totals um so I cashed in on the Browns under nine and a half and then I yeah I lost on the Cardinals over five and a half so that sucked uh but the Chicago Bears I think it was under nine I cashed in so that was great but when it comes to like specific players or teams it makes me so so nervous that they're just i don't know there's just so much that could go wrong wow you mentioned that my two favorite i went four and two on win totals this year and my two favorites were browns and bears under yeah that was i mean i don't know we could see it coming the browns were way too hyped up the bears were way too hyped up they're just we knew that they weren't going to have it together right yeah and that's the thing going back to what i mentioned before about like i feel like Sports betters, we just we've seen this, right? We've seen the team that gets all the buzz coming in, and you're like, well, yeah. you know, this year you're not going to fly under the radar if you're Chicago. You're not going to play a fourth place plus ah fourth place schedule. Your yeah. your division is better, right? Like Rogers is going to be healthy. Minnesota should be better. Yeah. Cleveland, you were just the hype machine. You know, you go to the, I call it the drunk guy at the bar. Uh, effect where it's like you know if you ask that drunk guy at the bar like yo who's gonna win this division if he tells you a team and it's like the team that fits this criteria of being overhyped and overrated you're like yeah you know what they're not gonna win it and that was the cleveland browns this year exactly yeah they had so many talented players but it was all about coaching and all about how they could get this machine to be well oiled and working and they didn't really live up to that hype and i don't know we we all saw it coming as sports better so i don't know maybe the public saw it way 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 differently so that's interesting last last couple of questions here uh, as we wind down because i know you got things to do and you've given me more than enough time and i sincerely appreciate it Um, living in vegas is it uh, it might be weird for you to answer because like you've lived in vegas your whole life but the living on the strip and leaving living off the strip it is is it day and night or- so day and night yeah. yes i live in a little suburb on the west side of las vegas called summerlin um it's a really really nice place there's really like three nice areas in vegas it's either summerlin centennial hills or henderson henderson is south centennial is north and summerlin is west those are the great beautiful sides very family oriented it's awesome um strip is so different it's just very city and right outside the strip you'll see like apartments and condos and stuff but they're in really really bad areas you see a lot of like transient people homelessness and just like a bunch of crackheads and it is like just right out the side the strip and people think that that's all there is is just strip living and then right outside the strip but you know 20 minutes away if you just drive 20 minutes west north or south it's really really a great area that's it's crazy how like Atlantic City in New Jersey is like Vegas from what you described because I heard that it is like you know just like Vegas with all the casinos and then right outside it's just kind of 
sad and run down, right? Oh, it's it's the slums, it's it's yeah. ghetto, it's it's very poor. It's uh, you know, like like how you see in movies of the the sign is hanging off the top of yeah. the store. The neon is flickering. Yeah, dude, it is so like that. And and the the craziest thing about Atlantic City is that my friends and I, there, there's two kind of ACs, right? There's the Atlantic City where it's like, it's um, Caesar's Palace, Bally's, uh, Oceans, DraftKings right. Sportsbook, uh, mm-hmm. the Hard Rock, the Trump Plaza is there. And it's like very cheap, to put it nicely. Um, you know, the room there, you could get a room on a Saturday for like 120 bucks, And like the, the casinos are still nice and whatnot. And the Hard Rock has been nice to me every time I've gone there. Gone there. One of my <laughs> friends... Uh, works there and then there's the other side where it's like about a 20 minute car ride to where the Borgata, the Golden Nugget the Water Club and Harrah's is and like Harrah's I would compare that to how we described the Cosmo before where like Harrah's is yeah Harrah's in the the way where like the casino is not the, the the when you observe the casino and like just like as a whole it's not as beautiful as the Cosmo is, but like uh-huh. it's a very young crowd, right? Like oh. it's not I would never go to that casino with my parents. It's like I'm gonna right. go there with my buddies. Or like really? I would go there with my significant other kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's yeah. yeah, it's like a younger crowd. But also like the Borgata is probably the nicest casino in all of Atlantic City. And then like the Water Club, Golden Nugget. Right. So it's like two different kind of Atlantic cities. And that's why it's 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 pretty cool and interesting to hear you say that about like Vegas too. Yeah, very similar, but so far away. That's funny. Let me ask you this last thing as we wrap up. Um, mm-hmm. Sports betting, uh, like you said, uh, both of us kind of had the same approach where I, you know, it's been my bold prediction since I was like 14 years old that mm-hmm. sports betting was going to get legalized. And right. it only took about 13 years for that to come into fruition. But <laughs> it just like, you know, you just look at it and, you know, it's easy for you to have for you to say to me, like, well, you have a dog in this fight. You're a sports better. And like, yeah, I get that. But, you know, I'm not a weed guy and I think weed should be legal. You know what I'm saying? Because right. there's certain perks that just make sense for it. So right. like with sports betting, when I see this report that like the Vegas handle is about 5% of everything that goes on in the world, mm-hmm. it's like. Well, this is like a maybe a trillion dollar industry, right? Like definitely in the billions, the high billions. So for it to be legalized, it would just make sense for it to be put out in the public. And I'm not a a believer where like if it if it gets legalized, then, you know, more people are going to do it. It's like, no, dude, like weed is legal in certain places. And if I go there, it doesn't mean I'm going to become a weed head. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. if you smoked weed in the past and it becomes legal, then yeah, it's just going to be easier for you to not get in trouble. And then like with sports betting, it's right. like, I did it when it was illegal. I'm going to do it now anyway, because I did. So yeah. how do you feel about sports betting where we're at now? Where do you see it going in like the next five years? I think sports betting legal 
is great. Like, I think it's an amazing thing. Growing up, I never knew it wasn't legal. Mm-hmm. I always assumed that everyone had a casino next to their house. And, well, and yeah, everybody... you also living in <laughs> Vegas, it's like, yeah, this is regular shit. Yeah, so I was very, very oblivious to, you know, how the industry was and how taboo it was and how, you know, everyone has bookies or everyone does it offshore. Um, so that was something that I, I was not familiar with until I turned 21 and, and spoke to different people outside of Vegas. Um, so I think it is a great thing. I hear all the time about, I mean, you know, people holding like underground books and stuff. And, and you know, it's it's a crime in some places. And I think that it's great for it to be illegal because the example that you gave about weed, it's the same thing. I don't smoke weed, but it being legal, it prevents people from getting crappy weed from shitty people so i think that having a place to do it a sports bet is great a central location and it it's more regulated so i i am totally wholeheartedly for it and i think that it's just going to expand in the next 10 20 years maybe not in every city but every major city sure yeah i think it's 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 only a matter of time I mean, you know, look at look at how you got into the industry where they have you covering sports betting. You know, it's like it's just becoming more and more popular. And, you know, it's it's a topic that I always I always described it as the elephant in the room that people wanted to ignore. But everyone knew was there. Right. And, you know, so many networks are dying to have sports betting content. You know, even mm-hmm. the the local Long Island news, like I live in Long Island. I'm about 30 minutes from Queens where I grew up and about 40 minutes from the, uh, you know, Manhattan. And mm-hmm. even the local news in Long Island, they talk about the point spread. And it's funny because you can tell when someone knows what they're talking about when it comes to sports betting, just the way that they phrase it. Mm-hmm. And and it's just funny to see how like, man, it's it's not that easy and it's not. Yeah. It's not easy. Like they've for you. had to learn. Yeah, exactly. Right. And you know, they used to talk about the point spread and and the under over on TV on whatever Fox or or CBS Sports or anything like that. It would just be who's gonna win, who's gonna lose. Why do you think this? And that's it. And it wasn't like, oh yeah, you know, the Patriots by thirteen or whatever. I don't know. It's just fun to see how it's um, kind of made its way around, and and I like it. The last thing I'll leave you with, I think the future of sports betting is going to become more of the daily fantasy route. And what I mean by that is like the peer to peer betting. So like, I think eventually the books might become just a placeholder for like, for example, right? Me and you, I would text you and say, yo, let's pick these games this weekend. Here's 50 bucks. Right. And we go to William Hill or we go to wherever uh the mgm Uh and like we use their database we use their their lines and their accounts and like maybe they still take you know we each put in 50 bucks and like they take ten dollars off each of us right so it's like the winner between us who gets um eighty dollars the remainder yeah right we get the remainder but it's like we eliminate us going against the book but like we Uh use those lines and we go against each other Oh, interesting. So I think that's where that that's where that's heading because, you know, I, I've seen it with like the examples of, you know, the super contest, which another going back to bucket list, like I was I was so ready to go and do that this past season. But mm-hmm. then uh there was a shake up with the show and whatnot, I had to figure out the transition so I couldn't go. And uh-huh. um and just like 
you know, DraftKings, they did the uh, sports betting national championship where they gave you a hypothetical $10,000 salary. And it right. started on a Friday at 7 o'clock. And it went all the way until the 1030 Eastern time game Sunday night. And it's like whoever has the most bankroll at the end wins the million dollar prize. And it's like you want to parlay all of it. You want to straight bet it. You want right. to not bet yeah. it and hope everyone blows their load and kind of just like throws all their money away. You could do yeah. that, too. So I think for me personally, I think I'm with you that it's going to be legalized across the board because why not? But then I also think the next step would be the peer to peer betting where like me, you and two other people will go to the MGM and we'll use their lines and we'll pay like a processing fee or the VIG. Right. And, and then we just compete against each other. We're not trying to beat the book. I'm trying to beat you and Mike and Joe Schmo. That's interesting. I've never really thought of it like that because well, also I wasn't ever into fantasy until this season, which sucked. But um, that is very, very interesting. I've never saw it that way. Um, always, you know, you against the book sort of thing. But that is interesting. I hope that happens as well um, in some places. But I don't I don't see that happening in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, Vegas. I, I'm, I'm talking more so like everywhere else. Vegas is, is right. going to always be the that's the Disneyland of uh, of sports. Betting. Sports betting. Yeah. yeah. Like you can put <laughs> I, I, I tell my one friend he put his first bet um, first legal bet air quotes um at the FanDuel book last week and i'm like man it's a completely different animal when you go to vegas dude like this is cool but it's like i i want i want to go for a football sunday i want to just just pop, pull up on a couch and just stay there with my yeah. bet tickets and just i hear that it's um the atmosphere is different on like football sundays there in jersey uh compared to here in vegas is that true so like i i can't comment because i've never been to one in vegas um, oh. uh, yeah, that, that's what, going back again to, to my infamous bucket list. I am, Ooh. I'm dying to just wake up at 10 AM and be at the sports book, which I would probably have to get there a little bit earlier from what I've heard. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I would want to just sit on the couch for eight hours and just watching, right. have my mind blown by not knowing what monitor to watch in, wow. in Jersey. Um, the last thing I'll say, and we'll wrap up with this is that it, it is a different vibe on Sunday, um, but I can't compare it to Vegas, obviously, because I've never went. But the one thing I do know is that it is mayhem when the Jets or the Giants are playing because they're literally in the same parking lot. Oh, I see. Yes, you are totally right. I didn't even think about that. Um, yeah, right, because the Fandle, um is right next to the stadium. Is that yeah, correct? the Meadowlands racetrack. That's where FanDuel is, and then there's mm -hmm. like there's like a little road, but mm -hmm. and then it's like the parking lot to MetLife Stadium. Oh yeah, I'm so like curious on how it's gonna be when the Las Vegas Raiders officially play here. I don't think we're gonna have. I don't think it's gonna be anything like the Giants and the Jets playing, and then you're at FanDuel. But um, because we have so many people from so many different places here in Vegas, so many transplants, I want to say. Um, so I don't think it's going to be like that. But, yeah, I'm very surprised you haven't been here during football season on a Sunday uh, the many times you've been to Vegas. So definitely you'll have to check that off your bucket list this upcoming season, especially with the new Raiders stadium um, and all that stuff and the hockey team that we have. Yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering if there's going to be, um, you know, the Vegas flu handicapped into some of these lines when it comes to the Raiders playing. Cause... Oh, yeah. I can't because that was the thing with the with the Golden Knights, how they, they had like an incredible opening 
like their first season when they made it to the cup final they oh, had like a ridiculous home record and it's like yeah dude if if you're an nhl team and you show up to vegas on wednesday to play a friday game like you're gonna be in some trouble yeah yeah that's hilarious <laughs> so minty minty bets on social media correct yes that's me uh anywhere else that they can find you anything else that you're doing uh tell us a little bit about wager talk the floor is yours Right. So um, nothing much I'm doing. You guys can find me on Twitter at Minty Betts, on Instagram at Minty Betts. If you guys want to see a glimpse into my personal life, I post stories on my home renovations, my, my dog and the stupid things that I do every day. Um, and you guys can definitely follow me on Wager Talk uh, on their Instagram because I post videos of myself on the Wager Talk Instagram. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. Minty, you're awesome. I am happy we connected. This was really, really cool. I could have kept you on for another hour and a half when you mentioned the <laughs> Vegas Raiders, but uh, I've kept you for an hour and some. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Guys, it's at The Lamb Shows where you can find me on all social media outlets. At Veterans Minimum is a show handle for everything. Check out BlueWirePods.com, and we will catch you guys next time. Bay Bay. <laughs>